Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK show. On tonight's show, I'm joined by my regular guests, Naji Kura. Hello. Gareth Ellis. Hello. And Paul Hope. Hello. Okay, so in the last show, we give you a break from all the quarterback talk. And we concentrated on rounds two, three, and four in the draft and who we thought we should pick based on team needs and who we like at that position in the draft and who we think would fit best within our organisation. So this week, with it only being one week until the draft, we are going back to the quarterback position and to pick number three overall. So what we've decided to do is we'll have a look at the four potential quarterbacks we could pick. I know Zach Wilson is apparently a nailed-on certainty to go to the Jets. I don't actually believe that. I think there's going to be something strange happens on draft day. I've got a feeling that um, the Jets are actually going to pick Justin Fields, but obviously we'll, we'll find out in seven days' time. So what we've decided to do is we've each taken a quarterback and we are going to basically try and sell that quarterback to you. So because I'm the host and I'm such a generous person, I volunteered to take Mac Jones because <laughs> nobody wanted him. <laughs> it was like a bad smell. Go away. So... I took Mac Jones, Nadji's going to talk about Zach Wilson, Paul's going to talk about Justin Fields, and Gareth's going to talk about Trey Lance. So we, because I took Mac Jones, I'm taking um, the host's per- prerogative to go last because I get to polish the turd, so to speak, <laughs> because basically that's what everybody thinks he is. But hopefully I'll change your mind. Okay, so without wasting any uh, more time, Nadji, do you want to tell us why we should be picking Zach Wilson? Uh, I mean, that's quite, it's, it's very simple. This is going to be short and sweet. He's, he's the best player in the draft this year. Uh, I actually think he's probably maybe better than, than even Trevor Lawrence. Um, the season he's had was frankly quite incredible at BYU. And I did watch quite a lot of his game. Uh, it was just... One of those players that's just a joy to watch, um, and I will 100% watch his game when he gets to the NFL. Um, hopefully in a Niners jersey, but if he goes somewhere else, then I'll watch him there um, for sure. I mean, what can I say? 74% completion, um, you, you know, almost 4,000 yards, 3.6 um, yard, 33 touchdowns, only three interception, and and I'm pretty sure a couple of those are. Uh, you know, one-on-one balls that could have gone either way. Um, he's also run, his running ability is something uh, that, you know, <laughs> we're quite bad at defending and we've talked about. Uh, he looks a little bit like Kyle Murray when he's running. Very shifty, very fast, very quick. And uh, yeah, he's, he's taken his team to to a ball and destroyed, you know, an FBS team that was... Uh, on the rise, UCF has been pretty good recently. And if if people want to watch one good game of his, watch that game because he was absolutely incredible in in that game and clearly took took the team on his back uh, and won it for them. He's been that good and he's such a good player that I think some of his receiver this year, the the tight ends and and Dax Milney are going to get drafted probably a round or two higher than they would have otherwise. Um, 
And yeah, uh, the the likelihood of him going to us is quite low, purely because he's the he's the best player in in a, in a draft, in my opinion. Um, and uh, the Jets should take him. But now, as as you alluded, the Jets could just you know be the Jets and uh, do something crazy. Uh, and in in which case, we we might have to take him. But uh, that that's me selling him. I think he's he sells himself. Um, he's already got a burrito in his name as well, apparently. <laughs> so he, he, you know, he's good in a in that department too. Um, and he comes from you know the best college. We all know BYU produces some good players, uh, the Warner brothers uh, in particular. But there you go. That's all the good stuff. Um, now you forgot to tell people that we we're doing this kind of on the funny side. So I'm trying to sell him, and you guys are gonna tell me what's bad with him and why we should not pick him. So have at it. Try to dismantle this perfection that Zach Wilson is. Right, who wants uh, to go first, Paul Garth? I don't know that I've got a lot really to um. To <laughs> no, I'll, I'll go first, and I'll take go I'll on. take that on. Um, so obviously he's been playing for BYU. It's not in one of the premier conferences within college football. So the quality of his opposition hasn't been great. Um, from all accounts, from what I've read, and it's not what I've seen, but even though he's won that many games, he didn't play stellar in all of those games either. There was a few games that really bumped up his stats as far as quarterback rating is concerned. So it's a, it's a little bit concerning to look at that and see there's not really that much consistency there. His first two years playing college ball weren't great. Um, his very first year, I, th- I think he was rated down in the uh, the 60s. So he, he's, he's progressed over time. And because there's a little bit of a question mark over 2020 with some of the more premier players from every different conference, sitting out whether or not the opposition he came up against allowed him to look better than what he actually was it's possible absolutely i, I do agree i'm not gonna not gonna lie playing who is played uh, is it's not the sec uh, but he has played a couple of ranked team it's not and they were ranked uh you know in the 10th i think they went as low as 13 uh, if i can remember pro- correctly which isn't you know it's not a bad uh, bad place to be, and it's always hard to catch the the big colleges. But you're right. But you know, Joe Burrow was the same. His first two year one starter by any means, and and his last season was absolutely incredible. And it was just there was no way he wasn't gonna go number one. And Zach Wilson was the same at the beginning of the season. I don't think anybody would would have known who he was. And and now he's if it wasn't for Trevor Lawrence, he would he would be number one overall. So. You know, I think that's just a timing thing. If you play one more year, of you were born a year later, then things might be different for your career. But yeah, I, you know, the rise and and the way he throws the ball and the way he looks on the field and the decision making and all that, you you can't. No, it doesn't matter who you play. You still put, you know, he's put games where he put 60, 60 points on and, and fifty points, and he always makes it look easy. So yeah, there's been growth. And, and that's what you want, uh, you know, when he's going to sit behind Jimmy for a year. That's uh, going to be the same for him. He's going to learn the game, adjust to the NFL speed and and explode from there. That's 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 a good trade, not a bad trade. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Paul, do, do you have any points for Zach Wilson? Why we shouldn't pick him? He's not just in fields. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... 
like Nadji said at the start, Lee, we've come into this bit tongue in cheek. We've all focused on our quarterbacks. I think since our obsession began on the 26th of March, I think Tracy thinks I've got an issue because the four you've mentioned, I keep looking at videos on YouTube and reading stuff. And she's like, I thought the season was over. Um, <laughs> Zach, Zach Wilson, I think we talked about it in the podcast before Christmas last year. We, he came on the radar. We all thought he'd be a great pick. We didn't think we had a chance for him at 12. And like I've referenced there, 26th of March has come along. And since then, I think we've all been on the draft simulators. We've been looking at tapes or the four names you've mentioned, other than Mac Jones, which you've got to try and sell out. I can't really see much between them all, but uh, I think Nancy did a good job of selling Zach Wilson there. Mm, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I do have a knock on him. If you, I'll, I'll, I'll play my own devil's advocate. Yeah, come on. Then. I think, I think he's a little bit lean. He's a little bit too, too small. To, it's a bit of a concern on the injury front. We all know what a player like RG3 uh, had to deal with. You know, having a smaller body type. Uh, I think if you take the wrong knock at the wrong time, it could be devastating for your career. And that's something I know teams especially us after the year we had, um, it could be a concern. Um, you know, we've got a good O-line, but you never know. All it takes is one hit. And and we have some pretty good pass rusher in our, that we play against. Um, so that'll be a, a knock on him, but he'll have a year to, to put on some weight and flexibility to bounce back, I guess. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that as well. So obviously the other day I posted um, a quarterback comparison. Um, mainly, I started off doing the four that we talked about tonight, and then I expanded a little bit further, and then a little bit further, and a little bit further <laughs> again. So I ended up doing a lot of quarterbacks that are already in the NFL, just to see how the stack up stats-wise from their final college full season. Um, so you, you talk about his weight there, his, his stature, and he comes in at 210 pounds. The only quarterback on that list that I did, and there's some very good quarterbacks on there, that is lighter than Zach Wilson was Russell Wilson. And Russell yeah, Wilson buddy. came in at 200 and 204 pounds, but he's four yeah. inches shorter. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, <laughs> Russell Wilson is what, five, 5'10", isn't he? 5'11". Um, and Zach Wilson is 6'2", 6'3". So. Yeah, 6'3". So, yeah, yeah, completely agree with that. Um, I think he needs to put on a little bit uh, muscle to be able to survive a sack in the NFL. So that could be that that could be a cause for concern. Because you haven't really heard anything about his durability over, well, over the course of the season. He's also already had uh, shoulder surgery, uh, I think it was the back end of 2019. So, you, you know, it's something, his body's already been repaired. So, um, so yeah. Okay, thank you for that, Najee. You're welcome. Paul, your ass must be twitching like a rabbit's nose. So over to you. <laughs> Let's hear all about Justin Fields and why we should pick him. Yeah, cheers, Lee. Um, I mean, like Nadji said, before I start, I know this is a controversial subject. You just have to log on Twitter and see whichever day it is we're picking. So before I start, I just want to say I'm not the most qualified of podcasters out there. This is a bit tongue-in-cheek. This is my opinion. That said... I went away after Nadji set as the task and I looked at the tape and I read the articles and it just doesn't make any sense to me to take anyone at three other than Justin Fields. I'm going to disagree with Nadji. I believe he's the second best quarterback in this draft. So I personally believe he's better than Zach Wilson. 
if you look at what Fields has, he possesses literally every attribute a typical number one would have. He's got size, he's got speed, he's got accuracy, he's got the experience. It's just unfortunate that he happens to be in this top-heavy QB class, which features Trevor Lawrence. Um, that said, he's never lost a Big Ten game. As a start at Ohio State, he's athletic. I think he'd be a perfect fit for the zone read offense. He would, you know, he'd thrive in a play-action rollout system. He's got all the tools that we've been talking about over the last year. He's got the arm strength, he's got speed, he's got the ability. I know there's a knock on his ability to read the field, and I'll touch upon that in a minute. But for me, from the stuff I've seen, and again, I'm not an expert, he seems to be able to deliver any throw. They're accurate. His pro day was pretty good. And for me, the decision comes down to, do we want a capable starter? Or do you want someone who's dynamic? You know, you look at the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. What do they do? If you took all them traits, for me, you've got Justin Fields. You've got the tools to be an absolute superstar. Um, Nadji touched upon a knock on Zach Wilson there with his durability. Just go and watch the Clemson game. He took an absolute monster hit. Missed one play. Came back against arguably one of the best teams in the country. Dropped six touchdowns on them. 49 to a 28 win. So again, anyone wants to go and watch one game from the college season last year, stick that one on. He was a Heisman finalist in his first season with the Buckeyes. Put up 3,000 passing yards, 41 touchdowns if you want the stats. Three interceptions. He added an extra 484 rushing yards with 10 more scores. This year, shortened season as we've touched upon COVID. 70% of his passes were completed, 2,000 yards, 22 touchdowns in eight games, 383 rushing yards. Again, I've got a few stats here because I know Nadji likes the stats. He won two Big Ten championships, two Big Ten player of the year, Ivan finalist, national appearance. You know, the list goes on. Get yourself on Wikipedia. It's quite an interesting read. But as I said, Lee, there's more people out there, more qualified than me. And one, for example, is a certain John Beck who I believe Kyle trusts. And I was listening to a podcast the other day, Peter King interviewed John Beck, and Beck was glowing in his reference for Fields, his determination, his attitude, his ethic. And that got me interested a bit more. So as I was preparing for the pod, I started doing a bit more reading up. And one of the knocks on Justin Fields is he can't get past his first read, and that isn't going to translate well in the NFL. Now, there's a gentleman called Benjamin Solak, who was a writer at the Draft Network. And he went and watched all the tape. And I'm talking all the tape on Justin Fields. And the rumoured were he can't get past his reads. And when he looked at the tape, 42% of his passes went to his second read. And PFF actually graded this. So throws past your first read since 2019. And I'm talking a minimum of 60 attempts late. Justin Fields did it better than anyone in this draft class and was graded at 90.6. For reference, Zach Wilson was second with 90.1. Trey Lance was third with 87.2. Trevor Lawrence was seventh on the list, and your boy Mac Jones came in eighth. Now, the only thing I'm worried about early is I might have talked him a bit too much, and we know we've got influence on the other side of the pond. <laughs> I'm just worried now that, you know, Fields could go to Jacksonville at number one, or the Jets could go to number two. So... I don't, I don't think Borky is listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you not see the report from Borky? No. <laughs> no. Sorry, it wasn't oh, from Borky. So, 
It might have been, yeah, it might have been the one that you shared that um, Urban Meyer has basically said he's willing to let Trent Bolke pick whoever he thinks is the best quarterback for the system, <laughs> even if it goes against who he believes is the best quarterback for the system. Wow. So there could be a surprise at number one come draft day. Yeah. I mean, when, when Bolke I, I, uh, drafts a punter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we pretty were, good job. All pretty good job. I'm, I'm kind of sold. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, to finish off, though, if you go on the poll that uh, Neil Graham did in our group, he put two polls up. Yeah. So the first one was who we thought we'd pick. 104 fellow 49 UK people went with Fields. 23 went with Trey Lance. 15 went with Mac Jones, three went with Zach Wilson. And interestingly, there was one vote for Kellen Mond, as in we would have <laughs> took Pitts third overall. And then his second poll was, who do you actually want? Again, Justin Fields came top 57, Trey Lance 10, Mac Jones won. So there you go. There is the case for Justin Fields, gentlemen. Please feel free to shoot me down. <laughs> pretty solid, pretty solid. Gareth, anything to uh, dismantle yeah. this? One of the first things, when, I, when, when we uh, traded up and I started actually paying more attention to, to quarterbacks, one thing that struck me about a lot of the footage that I, I watched with Justin Fields is uh, he had a brick wall O-line in front of him. All of those highlight passes, he's he's got all day to let the play develop. You know, he could sit down and have a cup of tea then get up and throw the ball. He's got so much time. Now, I know that's just that's just indicative of... of some of the highlights that you see, which always tend to be the flashy deep ball passes. Um, but when I've looked at him, particularly because I've I've obviously been looking at my guy, Trey Lance, I, I find that Justin Fields is a bit kind of stiff in his motion. He's not that fluid. He It's not about sort of speed and, and, and outright athleticism. It's, a, it's a, just a, something about his movement that to me, he just looks a little bit sort of stiff. But... You know, unfortunately, I, I never got that job as a quarterback evaluator, so <laughs> I'm I'm still still amateur level. But that that was that was one thing. It's difficult because I'm I'm happy with it with Justin Fields as a pick. So you know, it's difficult to put sort of too much of a too yeah. much of a on it. Um, you know, what, what what he's done is 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 undeniable in terms of of the stats and the big game and the toughness and the attitude and all that sort of stuff. Um, I'll uh, I'll save it, but I, I I just think Trey Lance has got a higher ceiling. Interesting. I the, my only concern with Justin Fields uh, is it's a little bit like the same as Zach Wilson. What you said, Lee, is you know playing at Ohio State makes it so and, and Gareth, you just kind of mentioned it. It's kind of in the same way. Makes it so much easier because the Big Ten isn't um, very balanced. It's Ohio State, and that's pretty much it. Because Michigan has been terrible for the past few years, um, I don't think the competition is is close. And I, he's had two very good years, which is I think you know with Trevor Lawrence the only quarterback to put more than one year good year on, on tape. Um, but I'm a little bit concerned that it's a little too easy for him. And and the, in the NFL everybody's good, and you need to learn that rather quickly. My second concern with him is 
he has speed. And I think uh, I was listening to uh, the, the Collinsworth podcast with Richard Sherman. And it's when, when you have speed, you tend to rely on it a little bit too much rather than making sure that everything else is sound because you don't have the speed. Um, because because speed is such an important part of this game. I am a little bit scared that he would just, instead of staying in his read and doing what Carlos told him to do, he would just start taking off because he can. Uh, he's run a, a 4 3 4, which is a uh, 4 4 3, sorry, uh, on his 4 2, which is fairly insane for a quarterback. Um, so I'm a little worried on that front. Uh, but I mean, I like him a lot too. So, um, and and it's about time we get, you know, minority quarterback in this league as well. So that's a that's a good thing for him. Uh, you know. So um, my only concern with Justin Fields is the time it takes him to release the ball. Mm. Out of the four quarterbacks, he's by far the slowest. He does have a bit of a wind up, hasn't he? Yeah. Mm. So I, I think. think his his release is over three seconds, whereas the other three are well under three seconds. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's exactly what Gareth says. You know, he has all day in the pocket. And to be fair, though, he has made throws with people in his face where the ball came out kind of snappy. But it's not it's not a trait of his. Uh, for sure, I agree with you. Really. Yeah. Okay, Gareth, on to Trey Lance. The n- number three pick in this year's draft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I. Right from the right from the off, I thought it's going to be Trey Lance. It's going to be our uh, he's going to be our guy. Um, I've been I've been looking through a little bit of tape on him, um, and obviously reading up quite a lot of stuff. So some of this is is the stuff that you see repeated with lots of different uh, journalists in different articles in different ways, but they're all sort of pointing to the same thing. Um, the first thing is he's had success in a Shanahan type offense. If you watch the games, he's tight under center. There's there's motion. He's he's making adjustments and he's doing that. Turn your back on the on the defense. Uh, you've got to get that that extra couple of yards um, and then spin round quickly and then assess the defense. That that's tougher to do than if you're sitting seven, well, you know, six six yards behind the center and you're you're taking the ball snap to you, where you can keep your eye on the on the defensive formation all the way through. So he's playing very much a, a Shanahan looking offense, and and personally, I think a year running that sort of offense, not just running that sort of offense, but commanding that sort of offense, is probably better than two years in a uh, in a much simpler offense. Uh, secondly, his, his overall athleticism, he plays the game really fast. It's not so much his, just his flat-out speed, but his acceleration, the first couple of steps he takes. At 6'4", he's, he's quite leggy as well. The strides he, he, he makes going from a standing start, it's, it's, it's fantastic to see. He's very fluid in his, in his movement. Uh, and he's, he's done a lot of stuff where there's, there's run fakes, uh, fake handoffs, as I said, receivers going in motion, uh, running backs going the other way, um, and he suddenly he tucks the ball and he's gone. He's three, four yards past the line of scrimmage already before anyone's really knows who's got the ball. Uh, I can see that something with Shanahan just drooling into his porridge over that. Um, what he can do with this guy, with the with the kind of the run fakes and the, and the threat he could offer, um, and it doesn't even mean that he has to run. It's purely the threat that there's another guy 
who's going to be potentially running the ball. When you've got Debo going one way, you've got Mostert going the other way, uh, you've got Juszczyk coming back the other way. No one knows what the hell is going on. Uh, Shanahan is going gonna, is gonna to like a guy who's right in the mix of that. He's got good arm strength. He can, he can make all the throws. He's really good, I think, throwing on the run. Uh, along with his speed, he seems to have a lot of uh, uh, balance as well. Um, partly from from seeing him launch the ball uh, when he's on the run, but past, uh, partly when he's he's taken a few hits from defensive players. He just seems to bounce off. He seems to have a really good fundamental balance, which you know is quite good for a, for a tall guy. And I think one of the things that impressed me about about him is is he's carried the team that he's in. He is head and shoulders above everybody else in in that division, which is obviously one of the knocks that he's come from a smaller division. But that's what you want to see, not just a guy who's doing well in a in a division that's 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 lower, um, but a guy who is who is head and shoulders above above others in his division. Um, but there's been successful quarterbacks from small schools. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, I did a bit of a, a, a dive. Kurt Warner, uh, Tony Romo, Carson Wentz went to uh, North Dakota State. I'm not sure he's necessarily the best. Um, but there's a guy called Josh Allen who went to Mark Wyoming. Um, going to a smaller school doesn't seem to have necessarily dented uh, sort of his career or, or, or changed the way that his career was developed. People have talked about that lower quality of opposition. And yeah, there's some truth in that. But he's also playing with a lower quality of teammate. Um, guy like Matt Jones, he's, he's been tossing the ball to first round pick receivers uh, for the last couple of years. Um, Trey Lance, no one knows he's, who he's been throwing the ball to because the guys aren't even appearing on kind of draft boards. So his accuracy is, is a little lower at 66.7. But from the games that I've seen, he hits his tight end right in the numbers on the short passes. He's hitting his receivers right in stride. His his uh, uh, accuracy is all down to him. It's not a couple of good receivers on the end of the balls um, buffing up his stats for him. And I think the, the, the last thing is people have talked about how he's not ready. He's not ready for the NFL. We don't need a guy who's ready to start day one. We're not the Jets and we're not the Jags. Uh, we've said it's going to be Jimmy starting next year. So I don't see that as a knock. And I actually see that as a good thing. I can see Shanahan really liking a guy who's got more potential to grow and a guy who's not reached his ceiling yet. And that's clearly the other side of saying, well, he's not ready for the NFL yet. That's saying he's got a lot of room to grow. We saw what Shanahan and the coaches have done with Nick Mullins. Imagine what they're going to do with Trey Lance. Uh, and <laughs> that's, that's... that's pretty much it, it for me. I think he's exciting. He is a bit more of a risk, but that's where I think Shanahan is going to back himself and he's going to back his coaches to say the only risk is this guy doesn't reach his potential. And that's going to be on potentially them uh, or at least partly on them as the coaches. Uh, and I really think he's he's got the tools that are very, very difficult to teach. And anything that's missing in Trey Lance's game is stuff that he can learn. Uh, and I like his, you know, I like his attitude. I like the fact that he backed himself and he turned down playing at a bigger school because they weren't going to play him at quarterback. He said, fine, I'll, uh, I'm a quarterback. I'll, I'm going to stay here, stay home. Um, and I'm going to go 16 and 0, 28 touchdowns, no interceptions and win a championship. So I, I think he's the most exciting pick 
Uh, and I just think give him a year with Shanahan and Scangarello uh, and we're going to see a phenomenal player. So go on in, rip me apart. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. You 100% sold me on the uh, Nick Mullins uh, reference for sure. Um, Yeah, I think you're right. I think um, my problem is it's not so much the ceiling because you're right. It's probably he's probably got the highest ceiling of of all of those guys that we're talking about. Um, My problem is the floor. The floor could be so much lower um, because we just don't know. Um, um, And I guess that's kind of part of the draft. But uh, if you can back yourself with a low, uh, you know, a, a floor that you know. Um, and w- when we talk about floor and ceiling, for maybe people don't really know, and um, we're, we're talking about the potential of, you know, being good. So the floor would be uh, how bad can you be, and and the ceiling could be how 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 high can you get to Hall of Fame career and. That kind of thing. Um, so I think his floor, just the, the unknown and the possibility of completely whiffing is is his biggest knock. Um, apart from that, I, I quite like Trellon, so it's going to be very difficult for me to to destroy him. Um, and I'm, yeah, I took well, I th- very good salvage. I think that's, that's <laughs> the knocks against him. There's The only yeah. thing that's knocked is, well, he didn't play last year and he's in a lower division. They're, they're not yeah. about him. They're not about his game. They're not That's saying, true. well, he's a bit slow or, well, he can't hit those passes or... Well, or I'll, I'll, say, I'll say it like this then because I think it makes sort of more sense. But it, he's basically played where Carson Wentz played, right? Mm. And we've seen Carson Wentz ceiling. He's, he had an MVP season. He should have been MVP that season. Obviously, he hurt himself badly enough that he, he lost it. But he, he would have been a leg, league MVP, which is not something easy to do. Uh, you know, some, some many quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers has only won it twice in however long he's been in the league, which is quite incredible, right? So this is the kind of ceiling we're talking about. But let's look at what happened to Carson Wentz every, as soon as Philadelphia uh, gone to, you know, the wrong way. Uh, it, that's that's the that's the the scare I have with Traylons. What if we put him in, put him in, and he's got everything right, and he plays awesome, but then something goes wrong? Will he have the ability, being from a lower school, to adjust and still be good despite uh, the team falling apart around you, or the coaches, or or the scheme, or, or whatever it is that can happen in the NFL? That's that's but, very true. But you could you could say the same thing about people who go to Ohio and Alabama. Absolutely. Absolutely. Paul, Lee, no come trailers. So I've got to say I I can't find anything <laughs> that concerns me with trailers other than the quality of opposition. And to be honest, that, that doesn't really worry us that much because when when I've watched his highlights on YouTube, um, there's a reason that he had twenty eight touchdowns and zero interceptions. And that's because he looks after the ball and he gets the ball out to the correct receiver pretty much every single time. Um, his his actual completion percentage is the lowest of all four. And I think that just takes a little bit uh, work to get that up. Um, so maybe that's a little bit of a concern because it's only a 66.7 completion percentage at, in college. Um, but but Gareth is right. He, he's throwing to 
unknown yeah. wide receivers that might not even play football uh, as we speak. <laughs> Don't forget, you know, one one drop pass out of every twenty knocks five percent off your your completion percentage. So you know, sixty six point seven isn't poor. No, no, not at all. Paul, I think Gareth did an excellent job there. Yeah, um, he did. Like like we said, I think we can all agree the number three pick's going to be huge. Going to be a huge turning point. We've come into this tonight. Um, our focus purely on Justin Fields. I didn't look too much at Trey Lance. I think you've all said everything we're all thinking. You know the knocks on him is the you know the college he went to. But I think Gareth did really well at selling him there. I suppose the one issue we all have is we just don't know what Kyle Shanahan's thinking. Because let me face it, it's going to be Kyle's pick. Um, we know what he's looking for in the quarterback. We all saw that press conference after the Buffalo game. We all saw the press conference after we jumped to number three. Um, after Gareth has said that there, I'd be quite happy with Trey Lance. So, no, I've got no knocks, Lee. Thank you. Good all stuff. right. So, over to right. me then. <laughs> yeah, good. Good okay, luck. so where, where do I start? I mean, what isn't there to like about a guy called McCorkle Jones? <laughs> the name itself is Stuff of Legend. When you look at his career going through college, he, he's only played the same amount of games as Trey Lance. So the the knock on Trey Lance about uh, not playing many games, that should be the same for Mac Jones. But obviously it's not. And I think that's because of the production you got out of Mac Jones. Now, it's all right saying, well, Mac Jones had two um, wide receivers that are going in the top 10 in the draft. That's right, he did. But he still had to get them the ball. Now, he had 311 completions throughout his um, career at Alabama. So I went back and I watched the uh, the full game highlights of each one of these games on YouTube, as you do. Um, I find it quite amusing that we now call it tip, whereas uh, be- before we all start watching the NFL, or before we started commentating on the NFL, doing the podcast, we just called it YouTube. But now it's called tape, so it sounds very technical. So when I looked at the tape on uh, Mac Jones going over his um, games at Alabama, out of those 311 completions, there was only 12 times where a wide receiver had to adjust their route to get the ball. 12 times out of 311 completions. So that doesn't say to me that the wide receivers are making them look good. That says to me that Mac Jones can identify the open wide receiver and get the ball to him accurately time and time again. And when I say accurately, he had a completion percentage of 76.6. When you adjust that for drops, that completion percentage went up to 84.2. I looked through all the records I could find. I may be wrong about this, but I believe that is the highest completion percentage over a college season. That also ties in with his rating of 203.1. College QB ratings are slightly different to NFL ratings. But going back through all the different um, years that they've kept the ratings for the college quarterbacks, I couldn't find anybody higher than 203.1. The next closest was Joe Burrow at 202. So, yes, he's played on a really good team with good wide receivers, a really good um, O-line, but he still has to get the ball to them, and he's done that consistently. Now, one of the things that I'll say about uh, Mac Jones, everybody said it, he's not an athlete. Well, is he, though? Because he's actually got a quicker 40 time than Patrick Mahomes. I don't think it's a case of he's not an athlete. 
We've all seen the pictures of him. He looks like a chubby guy. He doesn't look like an athlete. He looks like somebody who has gone to college to um, study philosophy, <laughs> something <laughs> like that. I hope none of you are philosophy majors or anything. But he, he looks that type of guy. He doesn't look like a football player. But when you watch him, there's a reason you don't see him making the types of runs that Justin Fields, Trey Lance does. It's because he doesn't need to. He can stand in the pocket and get that ball out when he needs to get that ball out. And he's safe with the ball as well. He knows how to protect the ball. He goes through his progressions and he can analyse player quicker than all of the top four prospects that we're talking about. He's lightning quick. And I think that's why Shanahan likes him, because he can process complex players quickly and make a decision and find the open receiver. Now, as 49er fans, we talk about it every single game during the season. When you see it in the group, Everybody complains about Jimmy missing open receivers. Well, this guy's hitting open receivers, but they're saying he's just like Jimmy. Well, how can he be just like Jimmy if he's actually finding the open receiver time and time and time again? So for me, the whole Mac Jones isn't an athlete narrative, I think that's wrong. I think he just doesn't need to be an athlete because he can stand in that pocket and he can find an open receiver. And he's got the, the football brain to be able to take on Kyle Shanahan's complex offensive schemes and look at the defensive scheme in front of him and know exactly where he needs to get that ball really, really quickly. So for me, Mac Jones, I wasn't sold on him. I, I thought it was all going to be a smoke screen. To be honest, there's still a little bit of us thinks he's going to be, it's all a smoke screen. But if we do pick him, I'm not going to be that disappointed because Again, as Gareth says, I trust Carl Shanahan. I think he knows what a quarterback looks like better than what we do, better than what the fans do. And I think as a fan base, we've fallen into the trap of wanting somebody like Pat Mahomes. We've completely lost, fact, uh, lost sight of the fact that what we need is a quarterback. We don't necessarily need an athletic quarterback. It gives you options in the game. But let's put it this way, if we had a little bit of a better quarterback than Jimmy in the Super Bowl, we'd have already had number six. Now, don't get us wrong, I'm not putting that Super Bowl loss on Jimmy. I think the defence gave up after that last interception in the fourth quarter. I think they gave up because they thought we'd already won. Um, so that's not on Jimmy, but if we'd had a quarterback that could have hit that, we would have won. Mac Jones consistently hits the long ball time and time again and that's why he came out of his college year with 4,494 yards 41 touchdowns 4 interceptions 201 rating so for me Mac Jones yeah if we pick him I'll be happy with that I'm going to be happy with whoever we pick right over to you guys <laughs> nice no, I, you said uh, nobody liked him but I, I actually do like him I think Putting a better QBR than Joe Burrow, while Joe Burrow scored something like 60 touchdowns for five picks or whatever. That season he had with 5,000 yards, which was stupidly insane. Um, and having a better QB rating after a season like that, to me, it says it all. 77% completion is, is ridiculous. Um, 
it I, I i can always go back to that and it blows my mind that he was able to do that playing in the sec as well um you know you play good defenses against uh in the sec you know you play georgia which has two corners that might go you know first or second round you play auburn that has a killer d-line always you play you know florida has a good defense and miami always has a good defense and all that kind of stuff so yeah i really like him um my knock on him is he feels like a system QB. He feels like he's, we already know how good he's going to be. And there's no, there's no room to get better, which mm. is great for us because we have a good team. But will we have a good team in five, six years when, you know, we might lose a few people are going to start retiring? Is he going to be able to elevate the team for those games that, Maybe we're not playing that good and we need somebody to, you know, put the, the, the red cape on and, and be a superhero. I don't think he will. That's my biggest knock on him. Um, he's, he's not going to lose us game, but I don't see him winning us a lot of game either, which that's exactly what we needed to win in that Super Bowl. Yeah, the defense stopped playing uh, because they thought it was in the bag and, and my homes made him pay. Um, but you at this a point in the season when you need somebody like that and if it's your qb it makes everybody better and i just don't think my call call can do that that's my biggest knock otherwise i, I really like him i think he's going to be a good pro and i think he'll probably have a longer career than um some of the qbs we've talked about today i think the thing about mac joe if you say, if you say oh you know i don't mac jones isn't my pick it, it often gets polarized in that you're like, oh, you, you think Mac Jones is trash then? And it's like, well, I don't. If we if we were picking at 12, I'd you know, be quite happy with Mac Jones at 12. I, I just don't see that he's one of the top three quarterbacks in the draft. And I don't see that he's the sort of generational talent that you spend three first round picks on. Um, and I can't really justify that. It just that's that's what I think. <laughs> but you, you you know you made a you made a good case there you've done some good polishing all week uh there lee and and yeah you know you there's there's big parts of his game you, you just you can't knock him um on on those sort of stats for me it, it just seems to be is that is that all he's got is that as good as he's going to get yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. and, and you know where he's clearly got the the high floor but i think he's got possibly got that low ceiling um, and like you said, he, he perhaps at college, he hasn't needed to be that super athletic. You do need that in the NFL. And we're seeing all of the, the successful uh, uh, top end quarterbacks are guys who can make something happen when the play is broken down. And yeah, Shanahan wants a guy who will sit in the pocket and execute the plan. But he also knows that that doesn't work every single play. And he wants a plan B, a guy who can make something happen when, when for whatever reason, um, the the play that's been called has not worked out, uh, and I I don't necessarily see that a lot of that from Mac Jones. The off yeah. the off script. I was yeah. I was, was going to say to be fairly, you did a pretty decent job, and Gareth and Nadji have um have, have hit the nail on the head. I mean, to be fair, Mac Jones is a safe pick. Like Gareth said, we picking at 12, we'd probably be happy with that. But we've said it, you don't give up the draft capital. And I know that's a controversial, you know, 
we're giving up pick number 32 next season. Um, <laughs> but you, you just don't pick Mac Jones at three. Like Gareth said, he's not in the top three. It's a safe choice. I did go back and watch some stuff and I do think he'll have, he'll be, he could be a QB one in this league. But you just don't just, I can't justify passing up on a talent like Justin Fields. Um, not all starters are created equal. And everything Jones has, the other quarterbacks we've talked about tonight, have more. You know, they all match what Jones has got. And then something else, like Gareth just said there, we're in a division, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, the Rams have just gone for Stafford. You're not telling me that Kyle's jumped up to go for the safe choice, to go for Mac Jones. I think Kyle wants someone, like he's talked about, that we've sat here and we've debated before. He wants, he doesn't want um, a Lamar Jackson type athlete. He said that. But like Gareth just said there, he wants someone who is an extension on the field of himself. What happens if Kyle calls the wrong play at the moment? Last season with Jimmy, with Nick, with CJ Bethard, Kyle had to be spot on, 100% perfection. And what he wants is if that player breaks down, or he wants the quarterback to be able to adjust. And Mac Jones isn't the one for me, unfortunately. But you did do a good job, Lee. So fair play to you. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good job. Okay, so now that that's over with, now we get to say who we actually think we're going to be picking. Is it who we think or who we actually want? It's, it's... Oh, we could do both. We could yeah, do yeah. who we think and who we want. Um, yeah, let's let's have fun with it. Go on then, Aji, you go first. All right. Um, it's been changing. It's been it it it's been between two players. Obviously, I really really like Zach Wilson. I think his delivery is just he, he's just beautiful throwing the ball. As I said, I will be watching him wherever he goes. So, um, but I I I would I think it's going to be Traylance, um, and I think I want Traylance. Um, I think the upside and how exciting that guy could be in the league um, is just too enticing not to to back it. So who I want and who I think it's going to be uh, is actually aligned after you know it's gone full circle since since the trade and all the talk and everything. But yeah, Trey Lance I think is is the guy for me. Gareth, but J- Justin Fields is very close second, very very close. I'm I'm so torn. <laughs> Well, for me, I, I, I initially I initially wanted uh, uh, Trey Lance, uh, and then I thought, no, actually, you know, Justin Fields is is going to be good enough in in Shanahan's offense. There's 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 no point taking the risk. But yeah, as it's come back round again, uh, I, I want Trey Lance, especially having done the, a bit more of a dive onto him. Um, and I th- I think Shanahan's going to want Trey Lance as well. Uh, the just the chance to get a guy with that skill set in his offense uh that's that's i think the knock on on jimmy jimmy can't do everything shanahan would like a guy to do he he does a lot of stuff and he does a lot of stuff very well but there's some bits i can just see particularly with the run threat from from trey lance that, that shanahan would just go the amount of misdirection that i can do with with players in motion and and the the, the fact that we never line up in the same formation sort of in, in two plays in a row um, and a guy who can run that offense and disguise it and be a run threat. Um, I, I, I think Shanahan is going to find that difficult to, to turn down. So, uh, but it's difficult because I hope we go for Trey Lance and that's why I'm kind of convincing myself that, that Shanahan's thinking the same way that I do, or maybe I think the same way Shanahan does. 
<laughs> Either way. All right. How about you, Paul? In the words of Sonny Weaver Jr., Justin Fields, no matter what. That's just after Gareth said, you've, you've, you've focused this week, you've done the deep dive, you've watched everything, I've, I've listened to podcasts, I've watched interviews, and I was, I was torn before we did this. I was thinking it was going to be Trey Lance, some of the stuff I've seen, but I'm going to go with my heart and I'm going to say Justin Fields. What about you, Lee? So I'm going down the same road as you, Paul. I, I am completely intrigued about the uh, what could be the ceiling for Trey Lance. But I feel as though because we've given up the three first round picks, it's going back to what you said. It, it has to be a sure thing. It has to be somebody that they're 100% confident in already. Not somebody who they think that can develop into a, a top class player. It's somebody that they already know. And for me, that is Justin Fields. Justin Fields is the guy that is going to be the sure fire hit and worth giving up those three first round picks. So... I would like Justin Fields, and I do actually believe we will take Justin Fields if we take a quarterback. <laughs> oh, this again. It's not going to be Kyle Pitts. <laughs> we don't know. We don't, that's true. That's true. I, I, th I think there's going to be... I, I honestly think there's going to be a shock somewhere within the first three picks. One of us are going to shock everybody and go off on a complete tangent and not do what everybody's expecting. I I don't agree. I think it's I think it's it's going to be very it's going to be Lawrence Wilson and then either Lance or Field. Um, and then I think the shock will be a four. I think Atlanta will as soon as we make the peak. I think uh, Atlanta will trade out and somebody will come in to snap whoever we didn't take of the two that I just mentioned. I think that's what's going to happen. Um, I know Miami's been feel, having calls to get their number six again, trading out of that. How many first round picks is Miami going to end up with? It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I've, it's going to be such a good draft. I don't think I've been this excited about a draft in in a very, very, very long time. Even in 2005, I was excited, but I wasn't, you know, it was like, meh, we're going to pick probably Alex Smith, and it's exciting, but like, meh, you know. Um, I, this draft this year, I'm just intrigued. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm, I'm just going to go and stay up and watch it, and and, and the league is, is going to be interesting to watch next year. I'm just, yeah, it's, 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 just, it's just cool. I don't know what you guys think, but I can't wait. It's going to yeah. be fun. Excited as well. Can't wait to see who it is. And I think, you know, the only thing is bracing myself for whoever they pick, two thirds of people are going to say, oh, it's trash. It's a rubbish pick. And it's like, yeah. well, it's our pick. It's, it's, it's Janahan and Lynch. And, you know, they are putting their reputations on the line with this. So, you know, even if it's Mac Jones, I'm going to take a deep breath and get behind him. The thing so, is... Yeah, you're right. People are there's going to be a lot of polarization on the day, but then Jimmy's going to start hopefully 17 games, and by the time we get to the season, we we won't see the rookie at all, and we'll forget about about it until next off season. So I think people are going to have to chill and give him time. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I I don't think Jimmy's going to play all 17 games. No, I it would be a, it would be nice. 
Yeah, you're right. He's, he's only going to play 16 games because it's going to be 16 and no one. They're going to let the rookie come in for the last game. <laughs> Get a little bit of experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could be gone on draft night, Jimmy, depending, like Nadji said there, the way the cookie crumbles on draft night and things start getting. Because like Kyle said, didn't he? He's traded up because he didn't want to be left at the altar. And, yeah. you know, we've said it on this show. Jimmy is a good quarterback. He's been unfortunate with the injury. We want that something extra. But who knows on draft night, like you said, Nadji, same as you, super excited, staying up. Despite the fact I can't get Friday off work, I'll deal with that on Friday. There's not a chance I'm missing this. <laughs> that's, that's a pro so, for future ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's talk about some uh, some league news. Uh, we've signed a couple of players, which I think is is good. Um, just a bit of depth, isn't it? Um, there's not much to talk about it. I even forgot the names already. But we signed a corner on the D line, didn't we? We signed a running back from um, New oh, York, back, so we Goldman signed Jr. yeah Goldman, and we signed Hurst from the Raiders. That's it. So well, that's good. From the Raiders and the Giants, obviously they're both free agents, but that's the teams they were last on. Um, I, I think that's two decent signings. That yeah, I think it's two I, really I good signings. Yeah, yeah. I think Goldman, Goldman could be really good with us. He was he's yeah. kind of electric and fast, which is which is what we're good at, isn't it? I think it's. I think it shows that I don't think we're drafting nine players on Thursday. I think we're going to manoeuvre out, and I think we're being sensible yet again. The front office smashing it home, picking up players, picking up pieces, gives us options ahead of Thursday. That's um, a very good point. So, well, I think potentially we're going to trade back into the first round at the very end. Yeah, anywhere so, from yeah, pick twenty-five upwards. Try and get a running back or some a corner. That's, 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 that's not left that. It's definitely it not going to be a running back. Not Jim Harris. It, it, it'll, depend. <laughs> it'll depend if somebody slides. Yeah, uh, somebody always slides. And if it's, if it's, it's a player that's on our board. they're going to dodge you run. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know that we're going to go back into the first round because we had two first round picks last year, which means first round pick contracts. And to mm. then follow that up with another year with two first round picks, with two first round pick contracts. I can certainly see us uh, perhaps moving up into the very early bit of the uh, of the second round, just but to you, make we, sure that we get the player. We could uh, do it purely because 2022-2023, no first round pick, and then you know it yeah, balances. Exactly, so, and it gives you the fifth year option. Yeah. And the fifth year option, absolutely. That's exciting, the exciting. To uh, make sure we all stay up all the way through to pick thirty-two, and then <laughs> yeah, definitely five thirty a.m. Trade up to thirty first or thirty second to pick up Najee Harris. I've called it. Should put some money on that. So I think the last time that happened, I think it was about um, quarter four in the morning when we traded up for Ruben Foster. Yeah, and I stayed up for that because I had a feeling that night as well that we were going to trade back into the first round. Yeah, it's a good. It's like it's semi online as well. There, there is a few players there and. Or is it fully on stage and everything? Because that just seemed to take... Last year it took way so the, faster. So there's been 13 good. players invited to go up on the stage or to actually be in the um, in the uh, auditorium. Right. Oh, so there is a stage in front of us. It's going to take forever then. No, I don't think it's going to be know. too bad. <laughs> yeah. Just longer than, than last year. Okay, so the other bit of news this week is the uh, retirement of Alex Smith. Former number one overall pick for the 49ers back in 2005. Yeah. Pretty sad about this. Um, one of my favorite players, I think. We've talked about it, you know, comeback of the player of the year. What he's gone through uh, after that horrific injury is 
inspiring at the very least. Um, you know, being able to get back on the field is nothing short of amazing. Um, yeah, one of my favorite player, one of my favorite, you know, sports moment of all time, I think. And there's very little that's going to shift out. That divisional game against the Saints was something, you know, that if you want to make somebody fall in love with the sport, that's the game you want to show them, isn't it? Um, there's there's very little other games that you can show them that's going to create that kind of excitement and uh, and joy, and especially if you're an Niners fan, obviously. But yeah, all the best, Alex. Um, kind of got it. I was hoping we trade Jimmy and get him back as a as a backup for a couple of years so he could retire Niner. Uh, hopefully that's what he'll do, maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, what a career. Uh, you know, he, he didn't have it easy, and yet he he played for you know um, almost 16 years. So um, kudos to him and all the best with his family, basically. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. completely agree with that. Um, I, I thought Alex Smith was a wonderful quarterback for us, even though he, he didn't really he didn't really hit the heights that he could have hit. And I mm. mean, it's, it's well documented. The, the first six years were absolutely horrendous for him. Having to yeah. change uh, offensive coordinator, I, I think he he looked at his best actually under North Turner, when yeah. North Turner was OC, rather than when he did actually have his best season, um, when he was playing under Greg Roman and with Jim Harbaugh as his head coach. And I think it's a shame that obviously one game removed from having one of the statistically most accurate passing games by a quarterback that he used to lose his place to an injury. Yeah. Which is just sad. But yeah, you're right. I mean, he's come back from a horrendous injury. He's proven he can do it. He can do it. And the reason he did that was for his kids. Yeah. So he yeah. teach his kids. Absolutely. Don't give up. Yeah, to me, it's... It's almost the what if with him, isn't it? He he could have been. He was so good, and you know he took Kansas City to uh, a championship. He, he, you know, that season he got replaced. He was playing really, really, really well. And who's to know if he had stayed healthy, uh, had we won against uh, against the Ravens? But hey, it, it's all ifs, isn't it? And that's why this league is so much fun. But yeah, Paul. And he, uh, I know you kind of started following the NFL just around when you got replaced. Yeah, I was about to say, Nadja, you lads are a better place than me, but I got the goosebumps. You're talking about the Saints game. When I got into the sport, what was one of the games I was recommended to go back and watch. And like you said, it was awesome. Um, what a guy, what a comeback. You know, like you've said, you want to get anyone into the sport, the NFL, mention his name, give them his story. Um, the comeback last year after the injury went through. And like Lee said, just the character, you know, the way he took being replaced by Kaepernick and he coached him on. He then went on to Kansas City and obviously he said he had a good season. Then he was replaced by Mahomes. No bad feeling. He's gone on to Washington, you know, took them to the playoffs last year after that injury. So for me, what a guy, what a career. What about you, Gareth? Anything to add? No, not really. I think uh, I think that just shows you you've got all the stats and your ability on the pitch, and it's it's the stuff that you do off the pitch as well in terms of of the leadership and the and the guts and the commitment. And you know, if he wants to, he's he's going to have a, a good business as a that kind of private quarterbacks coach, um, and and potentially helping players with with the sort of mental side of rehabilitation as well, um, if if that's something he wants to do, because. 
uh, you know, if I'd suffered an injury, he's the guy that I'd kind of want to reach out to, I think, and say, you know, how 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 do I get myself back from this? Uh, but it, it'll be interesting to see what he does next. I don't know if it's been talked about whether he'll go into the booth or not. Um, you know, there could be some interesting uh, insights from him in in that. So I, I hope it's not the not the last we've seen of him. I hope he doesn't sort of just uh, you know go back to his uh, his mansion and uh, <laughs> uh, disappear. But you know, he's he's earned that right to do that for a few years with his kids. But I, I hope to sort of still see his name around the league in in some capacity. Because uh, I think, you know, he's still got a lot to offer. Yeah. I think one of the best thing, and uh, I think it's the Around NFL podcast that said it, uh, that I like about Alex Smith is you, we won't be able to tell the story of the NFL without mentioning his name. And I think that's just super cool. Um, is he going to go to Canton? I don't think so. Um, but, you, you know, passing the torch to one of the most polarizing figure in the NFL and recently yeah, to Kaepernick and then passing the torch to Pat Mahomes <laughs> and then coming back from an injury is just three key moments in the NFL which are and he's part he's been part of all three of them which is which is super cool um but yeah hopefully we'll see him in a booth or or as a, as a coach uh, so somewhere soon yeah, it'll be cool he's a cool dude yeah definitely okay guys thank you very much for joining me tonight thank you that was fun we've was. We've avoided shirt numbers. Oh. We have, yeah. So I was going to talk about that, but that, that's just pissed me off something chronic. <laughs> Go on then, let's talk about shirt numbers. No, no. no. So, I mean, there's uh, not much to say about it. I think I have no idea why they did it. I think it. I think Tom Brady is 100% right. It's going to take time for player to adjust and uh, it's going to be a bit of a mess at first. Um, people, Fans are going to be pissed off because their jersey doesn't match anymore. Yeah, I'm not sure why. Whatever, we'll we'll all forget about it in two, three years, and we we'll, would we'll have moved on. But yeah, at the moment, it's just we're all waiting to see what all the jerseys we have. Uh, if the players decide to change or not, <laughs> I think that's why people yeah. don't be on edge. It's that nervous wait. Mm. I was only laughing at the start there, Naji, because it's well documented. Me and Lee both got uh, George Kittle jerseys at Christmas. Yeah. I tell you what, he changed his number. I think Tracy will go mental. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, I've got a few jerseys. I mean, luckily, I don't buy mine expensive, so it doesn't matter. But you know, uh, my girlfriend's uh, it's got a Jimmy and a and a and a Kittle jersey. So if any of those change, I don't think Jimmy will. But if George changes, it's it's not going to go fly well. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I tweeted him. I tweeted him and tagged the 49er UK group in and tongue in cheek and I wasn't That's your job. Reply, social social media manager yeah, yeah, of the social UK. media manager. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but I, I, like Lee said, I, I think it'd be off air, I think it's a it's a money making thing, isn't it, really? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, it's you know. I think D is probably the only one on our team, I think, is looking at changing his number anytime soon. But they have to buy up the old stock, so it just depends how deep the pockets are, really, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I was looking forward to some bargain shirts, actually, because I, I, I don't think <laughs> they're old number. Still a Niners shirt. And, and you know, it'll look retro in, in a few years. <laughs> oh, you know, you had his shirt from way back when. Yeah. Proper fun, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, great. Thanks again to everybody that listened to the show. If you haven't done so already, please rate us on iTunes and remember to subscribe to ensure you get the latest podcast when they are released. Also, check out our YouTube channel by searching for 49 Faithful. UK. 
until next time, stay oh, safe. We, uh, we got the Zoom. We do have the Zoom, yes. Well, well, well remembered. Things. Okay, so next next Thursday night, there's actually two things happening next Thursday night. So at 9 o'clock, we're going to go live on YouTube and do mock draft like we did last year, but this year it's going to work. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, we need to test that over the weekend. But, um, yeah, we're going to go live on YouTube and do a mock draft, a seven-round mock draft between the uh, the four of us, hopefully. And then at midnight, we've got a Zoom meeting room um, scheduled so that we can all sit and watch the draft together. And there's a good chance that I'll probably stream that live to the YouTube channel as well so that we can all see the reactions after the day after the draft when we've all sobered up. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. Oh, I can't wait for yeah. it. Yeah. It should be fun. Bearing right. any Fantastic. technical difficulties. That, yeah. <laughs> that, thanks for reminding us about that, Gareth. That's what that's right. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I hadn't made a note of it. Okay, so until next time, stay safe and go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. Niners. San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart Like Joe Montana in the corner deep Clark Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99 Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline NDB, greatest owner of all time Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick Where all students of Bill Walsh, don't ever forget